Well, good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Welcome to New Heart. How are y'all doing? This is a wonderful day to worship the Lord. The second weekend in December, we're, we're, we're worshiping and we're celebrating the Lord's birth and all kinds of great things. I thought that today we'd start out with a little Christmas music. Celebrating His glory. Get home, stand up. Angels we have heard on high Sweetly singing o'er the plains And the mountains did reply Echoing their joyous strains Goes like this Christ the Lord, the newborn King. That's what it's all about, right? This is the story of Christmas and this, this month that we, we worship Him. So today, I'm going to introduce a new song to you. It's going to be a fun song that you can all sing along with me. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you the words here. It goes, look to the Lord, He will answer. Put your trust in Him, and He will show you. You've got to trust Him so he can work in your life today, right? We just trust him and he'll work in our lives. Now, everybody at home, get your hands, keep it going, just like this. One, two, here we go. Look 
Lord He will answer Put your trust in Him He'll show you you got to trust Him So He can work in your life today You've got to look to the cross It will lead you Put your trust in Him He will show you You've got to trust Him So He can work in your life today Put your faith in Him. He will show you you got to trust Him so He can work in your life today. Isn't that right? Trust him so he can work in your life today. Here we got some announcements for you. Hello, everyone. Good morning. It's so good to see you all. Uh, good to see you at home as well. Uh, I hope you guys have all done your Christmas shopping. I did my Christmas shopping online tomorrow, uh, yesterday. It took me two hours. <laughs> uh, so anyway, uh, we're just uh, we're in the middle of Advent. And we are celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So we're excited about that. I just want to encourage everyone, especially with your kids, uh, make sure you're explaining to them the me true meaning of, of Christmas and what it's all about. Uh, I know we do the presents, and that's fun. And we do the Christmas tree, and we do a lot of other things. But we don't want to forget what the true meaning of Christmas is. Uh, so you know, make sure that we're all explaining that to them, uh, and if you have nieces or nephews, whoever it is in your life, uh, make sure you explain the true meaning of Christmas. Uh, I just want to let everybody know that uh, there's no elementary lesson today uh, in preparation for the Christmas program next week. We just uh, need a little bit of a break, so no, no elementary this week. There will be a youth lesson. Uh, Karen and Sully are going to teach on YouTube. Um, it's uh, protected by love they're going to be teaching today. 
So you can tune in for that. And just as an FYI, next week we're not going to have any uh, lessons, either youth or elementary, uh, because of the Christmas program. It's just quite a bit of effort <laughs> to get that all together. Uh, so yeah, don't you know? I, I bet you the kids are going to love it. They get a little break. Uh, but anyway, next week we've got the Christmas program. We're so excited! December twentieth, Ron has got some musical numbers prepared for us, and we've got a little bit of a production. Although uh, you know, with it being on the lawn, it's not like it was. It is in the past, but it's it, we we've got the script written out. It's got some funny parts. You're not going to want to miss it. It's going to be fun. Fun way to celebrate the birth of our Savior together as a family. It's going to be a reenactment of uh, Jesus' birth and coming uh, to earth and what Joseph and Mary experienced over 2,000 years ago. So definitely come for that. We also have gifts for all the elementary, the uh, youth, or the toddlers, elementary youth, and young adults. So if you come to service next week, we have a gift for, for everyone. Uh, so we're really excited about that. And the reason why we give gifts, since we're talking about the true meaning of Christmas, we give gifts because the wise men gave gifts to Jesus, um, you know, in honor of his majesty and his kingship. Uh, and then also we give gifts because Jesus, or God gave Jesus as a gift to us, to this earth. So that's the whole purpose and meaning behind gifts to each other, is because we are showing our love for each other, just like God showed his unconditional love to us in giving us the greatest gift of all, his son, Jesus Christ. So just be mindful of that when you give gifts this Christmas. Also, giving, um, if you want to give online, uh, I think we're going to put up the, uh, the, the website uh, for everyone at home. It's newheart, N-E-W-H-E-A-R-T, the number four, Y-O-U, uh, yeah, dot com slash give dash online. So you can give your tithes and your offerings online. You can give them in that red box here for those that are on the lawn, and you can mail a check to 380 East Covina Boulevard, Covina, California, 91722. All right, so now we're going to have Ron come up and do another song for us, and then we're going to have Terry today. Before the message, this is a great song to kind of get you feeling about what God has done for us. Keep a light in the darkness 
that is who you are. You are here, turn alive around. I worship you. I worship you. Well, you are here, man, in every heart. I worship you. I worship you, Lord. That is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. That is who. who he is. Even though when I see you working, even though I don't feel you working, you see you never stop, you never stop working, you never stop, you never stop working, even though I don't see you working, even though I don't feel that you're working, you never stop That is who you are. 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 You never stop. Never stop working. Never stop. Never stop working, even though I don't see you working, even though I don't feel you working. You never stop, you never stop working, you never stop, you never stop working. Cause that is who you are. That is who. That is who What a beautiful song that is. What a message it is. How beautiful you are. That he's working in our lives even though we may not feel it or see it. God is always working for our good. Amen? Lift your hands and say, thank you, Lord, for working for my good. I thank you, Lord God, for your goodness, your mercy, and your power that's working with a mighty, stretched-out hand. You're working in our behalf. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and all agreed, said, amen. How about, let's, let's have a shout unto the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He is good, and his mercy endureth forever. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's good to be in the house of the Lord or on the lawn of the Lord. And uh, I woke up today. I didn't know where I was. You ever have that feeling where you wake up and you're like, where am I? What day is it? What time is it? And then I remembered, oh, I get to go to the church and hear Terry McFadden Solomon speak and preach to us on giving birth to a purpose. I got so excited. I said, hallelujah. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. So let's welcome Sister Terry McFadden Solomon as she comes and ministers the word to us. Amen. Good morning, church. I guess I better take this off so you can hear what I'm saying. Good morning. This is the day that the Lord has made. Yes. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I was glad when they said, <laughs> oh, by the way, in case you don't know what that horn is, we're having outside church. So those are the people in the parking parking lot celebrating the Lord with their horns. So you can blow your horn again. Amen. Let the people know you're there. Hallelujah. 
So God bless you, those who are um, watching online, uh, Facebook, YouTube, however you're watching. We have in church, you know what? No matter what happens, no matter what the devil throws in our direction, we can still worship him, can't we? Hallelujah, hallelujah. Nothing stops us from praising the Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Well, are you ready for the word? Amen. If you're home, get your Bibles up. And you know, I'm going to tell you, get, get yourself a book book. Okay, now I have I have uh, the Bible app on my phone, and I notice like, you know, a lot of people, they like to use the Bible app, but see, <laughs> I don't know when they might just get rid of the app or something, <laughs> Bible app, so I just keep a book close by, okay? Uh, it's a good thing to just read, and I still underline. Maybe that's old school. I don't know. I still underline and make notes and whatnot. Um, and then a lot of times, what I'll do in my in my Bible, my uh, uh, book Bible, okay, in my paper Bible, what I'll do, I'll underline certain things that I'm praying about and concerned about, and I'll put the date in. Uh, that I prayed about a certain thing. And then it's really a lot of fun to go back um, the next year or a couple years later and say, oh, yeah, wow, that's the year that, you know, I was praying that so-and-so would have a baby or or so-and-so would be healed. And um, uh, it's just good. So get yourself a paper book, okay? Order one online. You can get, you can get anything through Amazon. <laughs> Okay, are you ready for the word? I think I said that already. Let's go. Father, in the name of Jesus, hallelujah, we will bless your name at all times, and praise will be continuously be in our mouths, Father. We thank you right now, Lord, that you would, that you would love us so much that you would open up the heavens and give us a baby named Jesus that would grow into a man that would give us direction, that would give us salvation, that would give us eternal light, that would redeem us from our sins, Father. Oh, we thank you for Jesus this morning more than ever. And we celebrate him. We celebrate his life. We celebrate his death. We celebrate his resurrection. And we know without a doubt that he's coming again to receive us unto himself, that we're he is we may be also for in my father's house there are many mansions hallelujah and if it was not so he would not have told us so i thank you lord i thank you for this season of celebration that we call christmas father we thank you in jesus name amen would you turn with me to uh let's start at luke the second chapter amen hallelujah and I want to just talk to you briefly about, um, about giving birth to purpose. Because, you know, that's what, uh, what Mary did. That's what she was called. That was her assignment, uh, to give birth to purpose. And I want you to know that when God puts some, makes you pregnant, with a vision, pregnant with a purpose, that don't don't think that you're just gonna have it to say, have that aha moment, oh man, I really know that this is what God has for me. Don't think you're gonna have an aha moment and not have to pay a price to get from where God has called you to be to, to that final destination, uh, the fulfillment of your purpose. It's, it's a battle, it's a struggle, uh, but it's a good one. Um, so let's, let's read from Luke. Luke 1, 26 starts with this uh, story. Am I making too much noise with my um, microphone? Hallelujah. It seems like I'm banging around out here. Amen. Um, and I'm going to go to my paper book, <laughs> Mark, Luke, and John. Okay. Luke, the first chapter, the 26th verse. Are you there with me? Um, Hi, Teresa, you watching this morning? Okay, you said you would be. Hi, Daryl. <laughs> Hi, Grace. <laughs> oh, that's my family. You know, they're out there somewhere watching. Amen. So it says, in the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to the town of Galilee, Galilee called Nazareth. Uh, and most of us are familiar with Nazareth, okay, because that's the birth, the, that's where, the, where Jesus was raised. Now, you know, he was born in Bethlehem, which is another town, but he, his family was from the town of Nazareth, okay? And I think it was uh, 
Nathaniel that asked Philip when he said, come, I want you to meet Jesus of Nazareth. He said, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? So I want you to know that Nazareth was not considered to be a good place, okay? Uh, and, and, and I had a lot of questions. As this story begins to unfold, I had a lot of questions about why Nazareth, you know? Why a poor little uh, young girl? Why not, uh, since he was king of kings and lord of lords, why wasn't he born in a palace? Why was he laid in a manger? What, God, what, were you, what was in you, the mind of God that he would cause this birth to happen the way that it did? But anyway, it says in the sixth month, God sends Gabriel to the town of Galilee called Nazareth. A virgin pledged to marry me that she was engaged to a man named Joseph. And let me tell you something. When you were pledged to marry, engaged, the only way you could get out of that engagement, you had to go through a, to a, through a divorce because it was the same as being married once you made that pledge of engagement. Okay? So she was and pledged to marry a man named Joseph who was of the house of David. Now remember that historically, prophetically that the Messiah would come through the lineage of, of David. He is the son of David. Amen. And it says, and the virgin's name was Mary and the angel appeared to her and, and said, greetings. You are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Isn't it interesting that he would say, you are highly favored. The, the Lord is with you. And now she has to go through some turbulent times. Do you remember back in the book of Job? He says, have you considered my servant Job? So you got to watch it. If God likes you, you better watch out. <laughs> okay. You may have to face some challenges, okay, because he'll trust you and know that he is putting you the strength, the courage, and, the sk and, and whatever you need and the anointing to go through and really bring him glory in the earth. And so he says, you, you are highly favored. And the Lord is with you. And Mary was greatly troubled by the words and wondered what kind of greeting was th what, what this might be. So the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. There's that word again, favor. Okay, God trusts you to, to do the greatest thing that anyone could ever do. Behold, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will give him the name Jesus. And he will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. Remember, he is a descendant of David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom shall never fail. Hallelujah. Now, it's interesting that Mary's response in verse 34, she says, How can this be? How can this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? Now, it's, this is important because remember before he, before he came to Mary and gave her uh, this announcement, you know, that she was going to be the mother of the, of the Lord Jesus Christ, um, he went to Zechariah who, uh, who was married to a woman named Elizabeth who was Mary's relative, all right? And he says, Zachariah, he says, your wife Elizabeth, who's been barren all of these years, she's going to give birth to a son, and his name, you're going to name him John. And do you know what Zachariah said? He said, are you sure about that? And, and the angel said, do you know who I am? He said, are you joking me? He said, I am Gabriel. He said, I stand in the presence of God. And you ask me, am I sure? He says, you know what? I'm going to shut your mouth until it comes to pass. So he, he locked him down. Now, Mary didn't ask him if he was sure that this uh, that, that was right. She asked him how. She says, Lord, I, I'm, I'm, at your, I'm at your disposal. I'm at your service. Just tell me how this is going to happen. So he goes on to tell her that uh, the Holy Spirit would come upon her. And I, I, I love this, the way uh, he said, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Do you realize that the Holy Spirit is the power of God? And it goes on to say in the end, he says, with God, all, nothing is impossible. Do you realize that the Holy Spirit is so powerful? The power of God is so awesome that when he says that he's going to do something, nothing is impossible with God. With him, all things are possible. And that's what he was trying to explain to Mary. Now, try to think about, he's explaining this to a teenage girl. Okay, and sometimes, you know, this is, you know, this is so interesting about where Mary is in her life. She is coming out of childhood 
and not yet a full-grown woman. She's right in that brink. And you know, that 16, 15-year-old, they kind of like are open to the impossible. Had she been 25, 22, <laughs> look, hey, <laughs> you know, you're wasting your time trying to tell me that you're going to do this. And you're gonna, I've been in, I've people been telling me they're going to do this and then it don't happen and da, 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 I don't believe in fantasies. I don't believe in uh, all this supernatural stuff. You know, we become jaded as we age, but she's just at that age where she's coming out of her childhood on the brink of womanhood and when God says nothing is impossible she's just cool <laughs> you know she's a teenager she's just cool let's let's do this okay now this is what I want you to understand about the calling on Mary's life is that this calling that um, that God has called her to and where she says look be it unto me according to your word that's verse 38 and so uh, now here's the issue. Any when God called her to this calling to be the mother of the Messiah, she is in for the ride of her life. OK, because when God calls you to a great assignment and some of you listen, God is going to call you to a great assignment to give birth to something great. And so many people, uh, uh, when God comes to you with an assignment, because listen, this is the real deal. She did not have to accept that assignment. Because God has given us the, the he has given us the spirit of free will, okay? So, you know, I wondered, I was sitting here thinking about that. I said, well, wait a minute. Suppose she says, no, I, I, I don't want to do that. But God saw her heart and he knew her heart, okay? And so when he came to her with the assignment, she received it. And some of you may ask yourself, if God came to me with an assignment that seemed to be almost impossible, would I receive it? Would I accept it? Because, see, God wants to do exceedingly abundantly above all you could think or ask, and it's according to the power that is at work in you. But it's up to you to receive the assignment. All right? That was for free, okay? That just came along. Okay, so listen, understand that the process that Mary went through, and I mean, I know when we celebrate Christmas, we have the little tree, and I mean, in my house, we have the little manger scene, you know, and, uh, you know, with Mary and the little baby and Joseph and the little shepherds and the music playing in the background, oh, come let us adore him, like it was something pleasant, like something beautiful. Let me tell you something. This woman went through great pains, in order for to fulfill God's plan and purpose for you and me. Do you know what Jesus was coming to the earth to do? He was coming into the earth to save the world from their sins. Don't you think that Satan wasn't like on his case like, what? He's, he's, he's I've got this world on lockdown, okay? Everybody's going to hell, okay? And God said, not so. I have come to redeem, to redeem my children from the, from, from the stronghold, from the, from the pain, from the suffering that Satan wants to bring on them. I've sent a, you a redeemer. And so listen, it is on now. It is on like never before. The battle has started and the battle is centered around a young woman named Mary and her, her fiance, Joseph. And so now God has got a work to do because here, here's Mary's situation. First thing, born of a virgin. Think about that, born of a virgin. Yes, prophetically, you know, it was the Jews believed that a virgin was going to conceive because that's what Isaiah said. But the, the idea of it and the reality of it are two different things. And think about it. If he was going to bring the Messiah, the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, why would he get a little 16-year-old girl, okay, in a village that was looked down upon? I mean, let me tell you something. Nazareth was like, just think of the worst inner city in the city where you live, okay? And that's where the Messiah was coming from. 
why did God do this? We're going I'm gonna unwrap this for you. What what the, what I see as a little inking, because no one can know the mind of God, but sometimes He'll give us a little glimpse of what He was thinking and what He was doing, why things happened. But the first thing that she had to suffer was the fact that she found herself pregnant, but she had never known a man. Just think of somebody in this day and age trying to tell that story. Okay, I'm pregnant, but I've never known a man. I thought, oh yeah, I get it in virtual fertilization. No, 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 none of that. I am just pregnant. I have never known a man. Okay, yeah, I don't believe that. So God had to come to her fiancé, Joseph, in his sleep. Gabriel had another job to do. Not only did he have to prepare Mary, but he had to prepare Joseph. And he says, Joseph, don't put her away. Because let me tell you what the law said. Deuteronomy 22, 23, 24 said, it is expressly ordered that a betrothed virgin, if she lay with another man, she should be stoned. And so Joseph, being gentle, when he found out when she told him she was pregnant, he didn't want to see her die. So he says he just would quietly divorce her. Well, an angel came in the middle of the night and spoke to him. He says, Joseph, listen, it's not what you think. She has not been unfaithful. She's not been with another man. This is of God. This is of the Holy Spirit. I want you to marry her, take care of her, and take care of this child that I'm sending in the world to be your savior. Okay, and Joseph knew it was from God and he received it. So the first thing she had to go through, she had to, what did she say? That she had to have a mother. She had to have a father. She had a fiance. She had a community that she lived in. And all of a sudden she's pregnant and there's been no wedding ceremony. There's just been this betrothal. They know that she hasn't been, you know, what did people think? So she went through that phase. The next thing that she had to go through, she had to go through a traumatic birth experience. Okay, do you know when she was pregnant, she was in Nazareth. Now d d Joseph has covered her. He has officially married her to take her shame away before people just start talking and coming against her. But just think about the trauma in her mind of going through all of this. And now he, they get this report that they have to go from Nazareth to Bethlehem, which is 70 miles away to f to, to for the uh, census. And the census didn't come to the door in those days. You had to go to the census, okay? So they go to Bethlehem, 70 miles, nine months pregnant, riding on a donkey. Think about it, girls. Think about what's that like, okay? So and then when they get to Bethlehem, after riding 70 miles on a donkey in the winter time, okay, there's no place for her to stay because everybody has come to town. They're there for, to to to, file, to apply for the census, and, and and everything is full. Now a lot of uh, now a lot of the the translations say that there was no room in the inn, but I've read I've read several commentaries that say something different. And they say there were no inns in Bethlehem. What it was that people, because hospitality was so important in the Middle East, that people would let you come and stay in their house. And apparently because so many people had come to Bethlehem for the census, there was no room left. So the people, many of the homes were set up so that the people lived upstairs and then the animals that couldn't take the cold weather, they would bring them to the lower level of the house. And so they believed that probably rather than a barn, or something, she was in a lower level of the house where they kept the animals, okay? It doesn't really matter, but the point is that this was not a good situation for a woman that is nine months pregnant, okay? First, she's had to go through ostr being ostracized for being pregnant. Now, she's giving birth to a baby in an obscure barn. I'm saying, God, why? Does anybody ever think about why it happened the way that it happened? I really said, I said, you know, I really prayed about this, about what she went through, and uh, the rejection, uh, the obscurity, the poverty, the poverty. Why, God? Listen, when God was doing something as important as bringing to us a Messiah, someone to save our souls and to save us from eternal damnation, if he had put this girl in a palace, 
people would have interfered with what God was doing. I really believe that God wanted to isolate her, to keep her separate from the culture and the influence of people and questions about what was going on. I believe even her birth happened in an obscure place, a stable, because he did not want anyone to touch the Messiah coming into the earth because normally there would have been midwives all around that would have handled the baby, that would have watched the baby, that would, and someone would even breastfeed the baby until the mother. God says, no, you cannot touch the holy thing. Now, I'm just telling you what I got in my spirit, that God just isolated her, that God just set her aside and set Joseph aside because this was a holy thing coming into the earth. Do you remember when Jesus was resurrected and Mary and the, and the women came there, Martha and him, he says, do not touch me. I've not yet ascended. There are times when the holy thing is so holy that it cannot be touched. The first one who touched Jesus outside of his mother was Simeon when he was presented at the temple. God says, okay, you're good now, okay? I can present you. Now, the thing is, she went through all of this. And <laughs> now, you would think that after she gave birth to the baby, that she's good to go, that everything is wonderful. Not so. Now she's got to deal with Herod. Because the three wise men came to Herod and said, we hear a king has been born. And he's king, he's ruler of all. And Herod said, find him so I can worship him too. But what Herod meant was to kill him. So after the, 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 the three wise men came to celebrate him, after the heavens opened up and said, glory to God, peace on earth, goodwill to men, after all of the hoopla that went on, the angel came back and he says, get out of here. Herod's going to kill you, okay? Go down to Egypt where you're safe. So now she's got a new baby, and Joseph has got a wife and a new baby, and they're on the run. Think about this. Think about what it cost for the Messiah to come into the earth. It was a battle. It was a struggle. Now I want you to look at your life. Look at your life of the things that God has asked you to birth in your life. Is anybody there? Has anybody thought about what God has spoken to you and said, hey, I have called you to do such and such, to bear fruit, hallelujah, to fulfill my purpose. He says, I, I, I have a plan for you. I know my plan for you, to give you a hope and a future, to do you good and to never do you evil. But it's going to take work. It may take a struggle. You're going to have to go through something to get there. You're going to have disappointments. You're going to have struggles. So let me say, let me say, let me just say this. When you, when it is time for you to birth your purpose, some of the things that you may go through, birthing your purpose, you may um, be left with many questions. God, are you sure? Is, is this really what you have for me? Uh, is this really what you, God, I, but, I, but I, don't, I don't see how this is going to happen. I, I don't have any money for this to happen. Uh, uh, God, w w w but what are people going to say? I can't just leave over here and go over there. And God, it, that's for that, that institution and that place of, is, is for important people, for brilliant people. Um, how, how, how am I supposed to fit into that? You have questions. But when God shows you that he has something for you, Okay, he's a way maker. He's a promise keeper. He's a light in the darkness. Yes, he is. He's a miracle worker. But when you are called to a purpose to birth something in the earth, you're going to have questions. The next thing, um, th the thing is that when God shows you something that he has for you, hmm, it may leave you feeling confused. And the people around you are confused about what God is trying to do in your life. I, I'm, I have a little nephew, and I'm just really so excited about him because he really was, went through a lot as a young child. But I would go lay hands when he was living with me. I would lay hands on him at night and say, God, please let this boy, I know he's gone through a lot, but let him fulfill his purpose. I know that there's so many things against him, Father, but let him fulfill his purpose. So this year he graduated from Berkeley uh, with a degree in economics and was hired in a high 
Listen, college graduates not getting jobs, hired in a high position with the state of California, getting ready to go back and get his master's. And I just said, God, look at you. This boy could have been a gangbanger. He could have been on drugs. He could have gone to jail. His color was against him. His everything was against him. But look at you, God. Look at you, God. Even though they said he wouldn't make it, he's making it. And that's what God wants to do in your life. I don't care what gender you are. I don't care what your background is. I don't care uh, 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 what the circumstances said that you'll never make it. God says, listen, trust me, um, when I'm birthing a pur purpose in you, uh, 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 you, it may be confusing to those around you. How did you get out? How, how did you make it? You, you're not supposed to be in this place, but so it's going to be confusing. The third thing about it, birthing your purpose will sometimes even be uh, a place where uh, you won't be accepted by your peers. Nobody will understand what you're doing. Who, who do you think you are that you can go out and start your own ministry? Who are you? You're, you're just uh, uh, the person who's cleaning up the place or making the hospital runs and whatnot. Who are you to be a leader? Okay, who are you to be the president of a company? Who, who are you to start your own business? Who are you to even marry this person who's so much better than you? So, you know, so a lot of times, your peers are not going to accept you. It's going to be confusion. Let me tell you something. Birthing your purpose can, always, can also be dangerous. It can also be dangerous. When Mary and Joseph birthed the purpose that God had by bringing the Messiah, they said, get out of here. Go down to Egypt. Stay down there because someone's trying to kill you. How many of you, you, you know that you, you have children that almost died in birth, in, in birth, were not supposed to be born. You had some sickness that the doctor said you were never going to get over because Satan was trying to kill you before you fulfilled your purpose. That's what he was doing, trying to do. I have been in situations where I have gone to parties or gone to events, and, and, and I didn't even know God. But the Holy Spirit said to me, I wasn't even saved. He said, get out of here. Get out of here now. And I had to get out of there. I had to get out of there. And then you know what I heard the next day? Guess what happened after you left? So-and-so was shot. This happened. The police came. People were arrested. But God just, let me tell you something. You don't think that, that when God has a purpose that you're not in danger, you are in danger. And that's why you have to stay close to the Lord so that you, listen, so that you will be under protect. Don't, don't overwork your angels, okay? Don't overwork your angels trying to keep you safe till you get to your destiny, till you get to your purpose. It is dangerous. But you know what? This is the final thing that I want you to know about fulfilling your purpose and birthing your purpose is that you will eventually be celebrated. Because when Jesus was born and after all of his days were fulfilled, the days of, of Mary's purification, she takes him to the temple in Jerusalem. Now she knows what God told her, that he was the Messiah, that he was the Holy One that he would come to deliver his people. She knew it. Joseph knew it. But when they walked into that temple and Simeon saw him, he said, God told me that I would not die until I saw the Messiah. He knew who he was. Anna the prophetess came and said, glory to God, I've lived all these years and I'm seeing the Messiah. How did they know? They knew prophetically because God revealed it to them. God revealed it to the shepherds, he revealed it to the wise men, and then he revealed it to Simeon and Anna, that he was the Messiah. Let me tell you something. When you fulfill your purpose, at some point, you will be celebrated. Your eyes have not seen, your ears have not heard, you haven't, hasn't entered into your imagination the things that God has prepared for you. But you have to go through it. Birthing is painful. Birthing is difficult. Birthing is birthing will set you apart from everybody else. When you are pregnant with a vision, let me tell you something. You are the only one who's pregnant. Your husband can feel sorry for you all he wants, but you are the one who is carrying. 
You are the one that 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 thing is developing inside of you that nobody can see and nobody can feel but you. You are the one who's going to go through the agony and the tears. But listen, weeping may endure for a night, but joy comes in the morning. So I want to just encourage you during this season, this season of birthing, that you will birth the purpose of God in your life. You will birth God's purpose. That when the pain gets difficult of you pushing forward, that you won't give up. This is a painful season. A season where some of you are not sure about your jobs. Or if you go to work, you're not even sure whether you're going to uh, con con uh, contract some kind of terrible disease. People around you are dying. People around you are sick. People are losing their being evicted. Everything, the earth is travailing. But you know what he says? I am shaking everything so that which cannot be shaken will remain. You will remain. You cannot be shaken because God has a purpose for your life. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, for making your people pregnant with vision, Father, pregnant with purpose, Father. And, Lord, I pray, Lord, as it becomes difficult, E even they, 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 they've been hiding in the background, trying not to be seen and not to be heard. But Father, as you draw them out, God, of that place of obscurity, out of their Nazareth, Father. Lord, I pray, Father, that they would come Willington, that they would not shrink back. Give them the courage, Father. Lord, replace their fear with faith in the name of Jesus, Father, that they may come out of hiding, Father, and say, I know that I am pregnant with God's purpose. I know he's revealed to me what he's called me to do, and people may not understand it, and people not, may not accept it. But, Father, I am your servant, and be it unto me, Father, as you say. I thank you, Lord. There may be a season of waiting. You may have to wait. You may have to go through some things. You may have to be still. You may have to go without. And you're saying, well, God, why am I in this obscure place? Why, why, why do you have me in a barn? Uh, why, why am I thing that I'm birthed laying in a manger? This is, isn't this from you? Why would you take what I birthed and lay it in a dingy manger? Because God wants you to know. He wants you to know that the circumstances of your birth have nothing to do with the greatness of your destiny. You may be coming out of a manger, out of a stable, but it has nothing to do with the great destiny that he has for you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Have a blessed day. Christmas celebration. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Praise the Lord. Thank you, Sister Terry. Wonderful message for us. What God has birthed in us, he's able, I like that, the Holy Spirit is able to bring it to pass. I got a couple testimonies while I'm sitting there. I'm going like, we got somebody that's just went through all that and can also give a testimony to it. Uh, Bindi's son, Chris, he had a vision. He had a birthing in him that he could play hockey. He's very good at playing hockey, that he could uh, be in the, it's called like a minor leagues of hockey, that he could be discovered and get a scholarship to go to a university. Seems a little obscure. He had to go through four uh, states. I think, you know, I don't know all of them, Idaho, Michigan, I, I don't know, but he had coaches that didn't like him. He had peers that didn't like him. He had uh, situations that he wanted to give up. You ever want to give up sometimes? Say, like, I, I, I can't believe for my husband anymore. I, I can't believe for, my, for a job anymore. I, I just give up. Sometimes you just can't give up. So he didn't give up. He didn't get mad. He didn't get in fights with the people that, uh, on his team. He just pursued and his mom was teaching him the, the lessons that we're learning here. And I just got a call from her yesterday. She said, you won't believe this, Pastor Chuck. She said, my son just got a scholarship to Jamestown University, uh, a full ride. It's in North Dakota, though, but that's still good. Amen. 
but he persevered. He believed in the vision that God had put on the inside of him and didn't give up. Praise God. So then I'm listening uh, to the message, and I'm thinking about uh, Sully and Karen over here. They're going to be getting married in March. And uh, March, May. And, uh, but they have a vision. They have a purpose. Karen is going to go for a master's slash doctorate uh, as well as being married. Sully's going to be taking on a full-time position and going for a master's. So I asked Sully, are you going to have to call her Dr. Karen after she, you know? Well, he says, well, I think sometimes yes, but if we're in the market and I ask her for some peaches or something, I'm not going to say, Dr. Karen, could you please give me some peaches? I said, well, well my wife calls me Pastor Chuck around the house, so, you know, maybe you... You could do that, you know, just give her a little, give her some props. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> so whatever, how many of you, let me just see by show of hands and you outside out there in, in television land. How many of you are believing for something that seems impossible? God has given you a birth in it and he says, this is what's going to happen. But you don't see it. But even as Ron was singing before, God is working for our good, though we don't see it, though we don't feel it. God never is resting, have his hands folded, just watching us. No, he's working things out for our good. Amen? So also, if you're out there and you say, you know what? I need God on my side. I need to have him uh, you know, in, be involved in my life. If you haven't accepted the Lord in your heart, if you haven't said, Jesus, I need you to come in and fulfill uh, your promise to me that you will save me and deliver me and bring me into your kingdom, you can do that right now. And let's just pray. Say, Father... In Jesus' name, I give my life to you. I ask for your forgiveness of my sins to cleanse me from all righteousness and guide me all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. If you're out there and you say, I made that prayer one time, but you know, I've gotten away from the Lord. It seems like I have just wandered. It's easy to wander. You know, sheep wander. They got to have a shepherd that goes and grabs them by that hook and bring them in. And so if that's you, just say, Father, I want to come back to you. I want to come back into full fellowship to know you again in the purity of your holiness. So I ask you to receive me. Forgive me of all my sins. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Give the Lord a, a hand clap and a shout of praise. Glory to God. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. Amen. Uh, let's close out and celebrate the Lord. Water you turned into wine Open the eyes of the blind There's no one like you No one like you Into the darkness you shine Out of the ashes we rise There's no one like you You are higher than any other. Our God's healer, awesome in power. Our God, our God. Isn't that right? Isn't that true? Into the darkness you shine. Out of the ashes we rise. Our God is strong. God, you are higher than any other. Our God's a heathen. He's got awesome power. Our God, our God. Our God is greater. Our God is strong. 
our God. Have a wonderful day. Go out and have a great day today.